So the question is, how do women like us, age 50 plus, and dealing with high blood pressure, high blood sugars, and rising cholesterol levels, how do we keep our health numbers under control while we're trying to squeeze all the goodness we can from our life? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Join me as I uncover the secrets of living a plant-based lifestyle, including how to avoid taking medicine simply by eating whole foods, shed the extra fluff around your middle without being hungry or joining a gym, make big lifestyle changes even if you think you have no willpower, eat food you love with no portion control. Let's get your doctor to say, wow, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. All this without meds or restrictive dieting. I'm Robin Wong, and welcome to No Pills, No Hunger. Hi, everyone. Welcome. I hope you're having a great day. Welcome to No Pills, No Hunger. I'm Robin Wong. This is episode number 83. And wow, the day has gotten away from me. I try to get my podcast done first thing in the morning and Um, I'm trying something new uh, with technology, trying to um, videotape my podcast so that I can use audio here and use the video in my Facebook group or for other things and just had a lot of snafus today. (laughs) Some days are just like that, I guess, and so I've been rolling with it, but here we are. I'm doing it the old-fashioned way, back back to what I know. I'm an old dog, so learning new tricks is really difficult, but you know, still going to work on it, but need to get my tech guy involved, I guess, uh, who is my son. So, um, so really quick, uh, yes, the, the summit sign up sheet or sign up link is live. So if you go to T2D, T number two D women's summit.com, you can uh, sign up for the upcoming summit that air starts airing on June 29th. So that's happening. Uh, I will put the link in the show notes as well. And I have an upcoming uh, webinar. So that will focus on the root cause of type 2 diabetes. It's um, <clears throat> kind of a web class. And so you can also sign up that um, um, on the show notes if that's something you're interested in doing. That's happening June 23rd at 4 o'clock Pacific time. And both events are completely free. The summit, um, you know, is, is really uh, going to be great. So uh, as is the webinar, they're completely different events. Um, but the, you know, the cool thing about the summit is it's completely new to me. So I learned a ton and I think um, you're going to be pleasantly surprised about all you walk away with. And the goal is, is to inspire you to, um, you know, do something about um, your health and to really embrace um, the idea that you can live well with type 2 diabetes, okay? It doesn't have to be the complications and all the scary things that people talk about with diabetes. And on the contrary, if you manage it well, you can live a really, you know, great life. So anyway, that's sort of that. But what I want to touch on today is because uh, is um, how to lose weight after 50. <laughs> I've been asked this question a lot recently, and I don't know I think it's because it's summertime or almost summertime and people are starting to pull out their shorts and their swimsuits and be more active outside and, and realize that, Oh, maybe these clothes don't fit, or maybe I want to look different or whatever the case may be. And so 
Um, you know, I work with a lot of uh, clients that want to lose weight, but typically we focus on blood sugars and then the weight comes off, right? So it's sort of a side effect. But if weight loss is foremost in your mind, just know that it is possible to lose weight. And I actually have had several people in my group, my Facebook group, tell me they've hit plateaus. They've been losing really well and then they hit this plateau and they get really frustrated. And uh, that happens. So and depending on how much weight you need to lose, sometimes it comes off faster and then it does slow down as your body kind of recalibrates, I guess, in a way. And sometimes you have to mix it up a little bit. So a um, couple of things, um, you know, about weight loss, people want to lose it in their bellies or they want to lose it on their thighs or they want to be specific about where they lose it. And, and the internet tells you you can do that. Um, I have never been able to successfully um, do that with any of my clients. And so I, maybe it's possible, but not really. Okay. Uh, so it kind of just comes off where it comes off. And um, as you lose more, it comes off on the areas you want it to come off on. Now you have to really consider your body type. Okay. And so when you're considering weight loss, I encourage you to be realistic um, what is your shape? You know, are you, you know, five, four and curvy? Um, you know, then you're probably not going to look like a five, nine model type body, you know, shape. It just, it's just not going to happen. Right. Um, so being realistic is, is, um, uh, a good place to start. Um, and then secondly, I think it's important to, uh, realize it's not going to happen overnight. All right, and especially as we age. So let's talk about that. So as we age and we um, enter menopause, uh, you know, over the age of fifty, you start losing um, muscle mass. Okay, it just starts you starts declining, and um, you know, it it and and less muscle mass means you have slower metabolism because your muscles are like little fire and you know burning um, muscles, and so. If they're not as big, you know, bigger muscles burn more energy. So as you start to lose this muscle mass, your metabolism slows down and sometimes the weight gain starts. And so people think they haven't done anything different and they may have not, but it's almost a natural pr progression of aging. And so if you're not increasing your exercise or you're not exercising at all, um, you're going to, you're going to lose muscle mass. It's just part of aging. So it, you have to make a concerted effort to really hold on to that muscle mass and keep it where it is. And it definitely is harder to build muscle. Um, it seems like as we age. So, and you know, I'm not a fit, fit pro, but, um, I just know from my own experience that, um, and I do work out that, you know, it's, it takes effort to hold on to your muscle mass. So, um, uh, you know, I think, I think the statistic is after the age of 50 muscle mass decreases about one to 2% a year, um, while your muscle strength declines at a rate of one and a half to 5% per year. And I can certainly att attest to that, but, you know, I'm not as strong as I was in my thirties. Um, you know, and, you know, like I said, I work out. So um, now I think that 
there are people that are in the gym all the time and that are really working hard on weightlifting and that sort of thing. And I'm sure those people hold on to their strength. Um, but I'm just talking about the average woman living her life. Okay. Um, but what I can tell you is that I really think, um, one of the ways to, uh, reduce weight, um, after the age of 50 is you have to learn to enjoy strength training. Okay. And what is that? That is basically some sort of resistance training, whether you use your body weight to, um, resist, or you use those therabands, or you actually lose, use free weights. Um, it's, that's a resistance training. And so, um, just know that it's strength training. Okay. So you can be doing, uh, planking or push-ups or, uh, you can be doing squats or those sort of things where you're just using your body weight that's working your muscles. Okay. Now walking is great. Walking is your cardio and that sort of thing, but, um, you know, maybe get home and do some squats on, on top of it, or, you know, maybe use some leg weights to add the, the added weight to it. Okay. So there's a ton of stuff on YouTube. Um, I would really encourage you. It's, um, just like with diet, and the accountability and uh, mentorship you can get with um, having a coach um, is, is really beneficial. So uh, you know, that leads me to another point of teaming up with um, a friend to, to exercise with. And then maybe you could share a FitPro to kind of lead you through the routines to kind of get you, to, you know, tell them what your goals are then you learn how to do that. And then you have each other to kind of do them together. And so you don't have to have this person um, coaching you all the time, but they'll certainly get you on the right track. And then, um, you know, you can do it on your own. So I love having a coach. I, I do. I, I have a Pilates teacher. I, Pilates is really my gig. I love it. Uh, it keeps my core strong, which helps my back. And uh, you know, I just, I love it. And, you know, I, I can do it at home and I do, um, you know, Matt Pilates, but I go and do it on reformer and a studio and I, it, knowing she's waiting for me, gets me there. I take time, you know, I, I stop work and I make sure I go do it and then I come back and, you know, so it's, it's really being that accountability is crucial. Okay. And that support is crucial. And the same is true with how you eat. So, um, you know, sitting less and moving more, get a stand-up desk, uh, move around more, of course. Um, you know, it, it just we we sit a lot. And I think people don't realize how much because we sit and we drive someplace, we sit and work on the computers, we sit and visit with a friend, we sit, you know, that's why I'm a big fan of walk and talks. So if you want to meet a friend, let's go walk. Let's go do something active, right? And rather than just sit and have coffee. So uh, that's a couple things. So, uh, but but I do want to say that fitness and exercise is important. Building your muscle mass is important, but what you eat is is really important. Okay, so it's almost like a 80-20 trade-off of 80% of of your health and your weight loss it revolves around the food you choose, and then the 20% is um, the fitness. Okay, so you know get work with a dietitian, work with, um, you know, somebody to help you decide how best to swap out these foods, right? I can tell you, um, when I went plant-based and, um, 
you know, we did it for health reasons. My husband had been diagnosed with diabetes. Um, and just, I just learned it was a, it was a long process to figure it all out and figure out the best way for us to eat. But, um, the weight just came off. I mean, I had, I had about 10 pounds that I'd been carrying after having my four kids and, you know, I was a big runner, so I was trying to outrun my fork. Um, you know, I didn't really, I, I thought I was eating healthy. But as soon as I changed my diet, the weight came off without even trying. Um, I was like, all of a sudden I'm like, wow, I think I'm, I think I'm lighter. <laughs> my clothes don't fit anymore, you know? So it was that easy. And I hear this from my clients all the time as they're transitioning into a plant-based lifestyle. It's like, how can I keep eating all this food and still lose weight? And it, it's really amazing. So, and how that works is that you're eating foods that are not calorie dense. They're lower in calories, but they're very filling because they have a lot of fiber and water in them. So you feel full all the time. And, you know, they're, when I'm working with clients, we're working up on blood sugars and stabilizing blood sugars and really trying to get their numbers down and get off meds. And so, we're not focusing on weight loss. It's an added bonus. Okay. So um, their why is very different. They're working on health instead of on weight. Okay. And it's, it's a very different uh, focus. And the, then the weight, like I said, is a, the weight coming off is an added bonus, which of course helps their blood sugars, right? So it's it's kind of interesting how when you change you when you change the focus away from the number on the scale to uh, health and just being healthy and avoiding complications and getting off medicines and stabilizing your blood sugars and lowering them, um, lowering your cholesterol, it really changes the motivation and it makes it really a lot easier. And really, we're just swapping out foods. We're getting rid of the foods with no fiber. That, so the animal um, foods, animal proteins, um, any sort of animal product which is, you know, meat, dairy products, eggs, getting rid of all of those and swapping in foods like legumes and pulses and whole grains and vegetables and fruits and, you know, water instead of sodas. And um, just, you know, it, it's, you just aren't hungry. And that's the beautiful thing is they're not hungry. And so you're getting rid of all the high fat, saturated fat foods and the high cholesterol foods um, and really fueling your body with foods that it, it thrives on. So um, just know that the plant-based lifestyle, you know, whole foods, plant-based, uh, is really an easy ticket to weight loss, and it just helps your health in so many ways. So a few more tips that help are cooking more at home, all right? Uh, you know, eating at home, you have control what you put into it, so you can eat a you know, not foods with no oils on them. That's almost impossible to do when you eat out. And, you know, unless you're eating a green salad with just vinegar dressing um, that you've asked them to leave the cheese off and the croutons off and the meat off. And because every salad has like all that stuff in it, right? So eating at home, it just gives you control about what goes in and more importantly, what stays out. Okay, that's really the, the key. And so, um, you know, if you can even eat in a couple times a week, you're going to save calories, right? Um, than what you're doing if you're eating out a lot. So, um, and then the other thing is to really rely less on convenience foods. Uh, you know, 
um, fast foods, you know, processed snacks, um, you know, they, they are not great for your health and they, they are higher in calories because often they have higher, um, a lot more oils in them. Okay. And so your oils and fats have more calories per gram than a carbohydrate or a protein. Okay. So nine calories per gram versus four. So just keep that in mind. So when you're reading labels, you want to avoid fats. Okay. Um, because those add, that's where the calories get added up. You want to cook with no oil. Yes. Even olive oil. Okay. Um, that, that they add nothing. Oils add nothing but calories. Okay. So I've said this before, when you're figuring out what you're going to eat, every food has to earn its place in my diet. Okay. Or in my pantry. And so you know, when you look at how, how you're going to swap things out, you're like, well, what does this bring to the table? And what does this bring to the table? Okay, meat brings, I don't know, saturated fat. I guess it tastes good. Well, for me, it does not. But, um, you know, people like it. What is it you like about it? Is it you know, the, the seasoning you put on top? Because, you know, anyway, um, brings cholesterol and no fiber. And then you have legumes. Let's say some bean chili, you know, vegetarian chili that tastes super flavorful. There's no oil in it. It has fiber. It has, um, you know, a ton of, of um, nutrients in it. Um, you know, whereas meat has some, has iron and it has some other stuff. But when you compare it to each other, the beans win hands down. Plus to me, they just taste better. So you start kind of weighing this. You're not, and the thing is, again, what is it leaving out? So it's leave, the beans are leaving out all the saturated fat, all the cholesterol, okay? And, and so sometimes when you've got to look at what are you not getting, okay? So just, you know, it's kind of a, switching it around a little bit. Um, so anyway, another, a few other tips, um, and I hear people play around with this, you know, they eat less at night, um, you know, they, so they don't eat a lot after dinner. If you're a late night snacker, yeah, that you want to probably do fewer calories at night. Um, you know, I we actually eat kind of late, but then again, we're not eating high calorie foods. So it depends on what you're eating at night, right? Um, so, you know, I, I, if you're diabetic, if you have type, type 2 diabetes, then you want to kind of see where that leaves you with your overnight numbers, okay? Um, maybe you need a snack at night to get you through the night. I don't know. I mean, everyone's diabetes is different. So, um but really, if you can eat more calories earlier in the day and eat lighter in the, later in the day, uh, people tend to say that seems to work better. Um, drink, don't drink your calories. Drink water, okay? Um, just know that, you know, those juices and sports drink, they're high in calories. The pre-made smoothies, make your own. Um, they come with added calories. So there's ways you can cut down on that. Um, sleep, sleep is crucial. Okay, um, you know, we know that those who sleep less tend to weigh more. And I don't know why that is, but there's some science around it. Um, this is a, let's see, there was a study done with women that showed that those who slept seven hours per night or more were 33% more likely to lose weight than women who slept less than seven hours per night. Okay, so... Uh, that's just the thing. Um, so the recommendation is to get seven to nine hours of sleep per night and really improve your sleep quality, okay, by let, 
you know, less light in the room, um, don't, don't watch your screens, turn off the TV and all that stuff. Um, but it's really, it's proven. I mean, so sleep's really important. Um, and then really just be mindful, be mindful of how you're eating. So as you're eating, uh, you know, enjoy your food. And if you're eating a treat, that maybe isn't something you normally would eat, just really savor it and enjoy every minute of it. And, you know, and then get back on eating the way you want to be eating the next, the next um, opportunity you have to eat. So don't restrict in the sense that if you're craving and just can't get your mind off of having that piece of chocolate, choose dark chocolate. Okay. Cause at least that's vegan and, um, and really get a good piece and then savor it and then really savor it. And, um, I talked to someone who has type two type one diabetes in this, in the um, upcoming, um, uh, summit. And she told me that, yeah, she eats chocolate like every day. She, but she really mindful about it. She's a really good piece and she savors every moment of it. So, um, if you can kind of do that instead of just eating on automatic and just choosing food because you're super hungry and not really choosing it, it's just opportunist. You're just an opportunity to eat and you got to feed yourself, then that's not really being mindful. So being more mindful about your choices really helps. So, so the big takeaway from this is you need to do some strength training, get your muscles involved to keep your metabolism going. And then you really need to choose those foods that, um, you know, plant-based makes it so easy, um, you, less processed foods and just choosing those foods that are, um, bring more to, to the table as far as, you know, uh, fiber and water and nutrients uh, versus the old way of doing things and get rid of the oils, get rid of the saturated fat and get rid of the oils that will really save a lot of calories. So I hope that helps. And um, as always, keep choosing more plants and get out and move. I'll talk to you later. Thank you for tuning in today. I know there's about a million ways you can spend your time and I really do appreciate that you spent some time with me. Thank you. If you got something out of this episode and know someone who would also appreciate it, make sure to share it with them. We are all trying to get healthier in order to live well and you can show them you care about their health by sharing the, these messages. Want to start improving your health today? One place I like to start with clients is breakfast since morning habits are the easiest to build. That's why I created a guide called Three Breakfasts to Lower Blood Sugars, which includes easy, delicious recipes for my favorite meals to start the day. Pick it up today for free at page.nutritionwithrobinrdn.com forward slash guide, or click the link for Three Breakfasts to Lower Blood Sugar in the show notes. Thanks again, and see you in the next episode.